Hey, you guys, welcome to the Main and Magic podcast, your stop for all things Disney. I'm your host, Dawn Brown, and this is episode 21. Whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney Entertainment, I'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll pixie dust your experience, and we're picking up lots of new friends along the way. You can catch the links to our audio recordings via our website at mainandmagic.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Just search for the Main and Magic podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Main and Magic, and after the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. Welcome back to our cast member stories series and part two of a two-part episode with Vet Services intern alumni Janine. We continue our discussion about some of the unique cases she witnessed and took part in caring for. She shares how she got to be in the room as a silverback gorilla underwent surgery for a foot injury and assisting in the aftercare of an African elephant that had to undergo an episiotomy to remove her stillborn baby and save her life. We dig into misconceptions about working in zoo-related veterinary fields, overcoming real-life battles with comparison during her college career, and some of her personal struggles interacting with guests. She also lays out some important advice for anyone hired into any level of the Disney College program. Please note, due to the nature of handling and caring for wildlife, this episode contains material that may be considered graphic for some listeners. Now join us on the red car trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and Magic. It just was amazing to witness. Yeah. So the training and that stuff was, oh man, (laughs) that was cool. I don't know. Do we have time to talk about the elephant experience? (laughs) Well, I was actually going to ask you, um, you know, okay. So basically like standard day as you go to work, you do whatever weird thing they put in front of you that day and then you go home. (laughs) (laughs) But other than like, you know, some of the things like you already mentioned, you got to help rehab and release an osprey. And uh, we had that giraffe incident, which I will say, too, I remember, um, you know, when I'm standing just under the little cave thing, like trying to help guests get to where they need to go. And my walkie talkies going off and, you know, they they say the code like we had, you know, the code for basically an, a deceased animal or whatever. So we're like, Oh my God, you know, and then later we found out it was a giraffe. And I didn't even at the time think about like that you might be around dealing with that. So then when we got home later that night and you came in the door, you know, just full of blood with a huge smile on your face. And we just like, you're like telling us, I got to put a giraffe leg in the incinerator. And like, you know, me and, uh, and, uh, Keegan and Kristen, and like, we're we're just like, we're just sitting there, like, tell us stories, (laughs) Janine. And you're like, let me get a quick shower and then I'll tell you everything. But, um, you know, what other, 
What were some other ones that kind of like really stood out to you where you're like, I'm never going to forget this? Uh, well, there, there is, oh my God, there's so many, but one of the cool ones that I didn't really do much, but so one of the gorillas, um, and it was like one of the silverbacks. So a huge male, he had something wrong with his foot. Um, I can't remember if he broke it or if he had some ongoing issue, but they basically Disney pretty much had a human orthopedic surgeon. So there's this huge coordination because their biology is, is so close to humans. They're like, we need a specialist and, you know, Disney, you know, spares no expense. They brought in this surgeon and they were going to document make that and, you know, make a video. I don't know if it was going to be in a documentary or what, but it was such a big deal that they brought in a film crew and, it was very orchestrated. So it was like, okay, this person's going to be here on this day and this person's going to be in the room and you had to be approved. And like, they only wanted certain people because they were going to be on camera and they only wanted certain people to talk. And, um, they, and so my mentor, Leanne, she was like, okay, you're not going to be needed. No one's going to care what interns get to participate. And she was like, I bet you anything, they're going to forget about the radiographs. So they would take these x-rays and then you'd have to develop them. And the machine was right there in the large room, in the large uh, exam room where they were going to be filming. And, but you have to go into, you know, you have to go in a dark room. You have, there's a machine, you have to know how to work the machine. So everybody's focused on, you know, who's going to be around the gorilla and who is going to be on camera. So they were focusing on that. She was like, nobody's thinking about developing the radiographs. And she was like, they don't want you in the way. So you stand in the room (laughs) with the radiograph machine, the developer. And she was like, you just stand there, be quiet. Don't say anything. And when they go, Oh, who's going to develop this? You put your hand up. And sure enough, like I was so grateful to her. Like, Sure enough, I did exactly what she said, and that's exactly what happened. They were so consumed with like presentation of it and how how it would look and everything going well that they totally forgot they had to develop this X-ray. And so uh, they were like, "Oh, oh no!" And then they look at the room and they see me standing there, like, "Gee, here." And I was like, "Okay." So I got to like walk right next to the gorilla and like get it, and I did my thing, and I handed them the X-ray developed. And, you know, went, stood back and went back in the room and kind of hid, but I got to like have a front row view and it was like, you know, I'm off camera and stuff like that. But, you know, that type of thing where they were looking out for me because they could have been like intern go away, you know, that was really cool. And then they had towards the end of my program, there was um, the director of the vet hospital. He had wanted new equipment. And so of course, Disney, you know, they're like, Oh, you want a really, really, really expensive laparoscopic um, instrument. Oh, sure. We'll buy that for you. And so he wanted to test it out and they wanted to take pictures again, like Disney with their documenting stuff. And like, I don't know, but he was like, for some reason he didn't want to be in the pictures. And he was like, Hey Janine. And he, I think he was kind of like throwing me a bone because I was, you know, almost done with my program, but he was like, let me dress up as a surgeon. (laughs) So I had all the gear on, you know, you have to gown up and it's this big old long process. And of course I have a mask on, so you can't even see me. I don't know what happened to these photos. I'm sure they're all archived and like, you know, uh, top secret, but 
it would be so cool to be like, oh, hey. And I, um, they had this big fish. I don't even remember what kind of fish it was, but it was being euthanized. <laughs> so they put it like on display pretty much. And that we were going to pretty much use, not really use because we didn't actually do surgery on the fish, but it was like, I posed for pictures. Like I was doing surgery on this fish, on this giant fish with this like probably million dollar laparoscopic equipment. And that was really cool because I was like, that was fun. Like he let me pretend I, I was a surgeon, but probably like the biggest thing that I tell people, like even on job interviews, cause you know, I still work kind of in the field. Um, I'm a scientist now, but um, when I was working more with animals directly, I would tell them the story. So um, I, uh, one of the elephants, she was pregnant and the baby was so big that she couldn't deliver. And then um, the baby died in utero. So you have then this mother to save. And so at the time, you know, 2003 in North America, anyway, um, there had never been a successful elephant episiotomy. So they had to basically remove the baby to save her life because you, if she can't deliver it, she would become septic and die. And so it was like weeks for weeks and weeks. They planned and they prepared. They had to gather supplies. I remember just preparing huge tubs of gauze and, and instruments and just preparing all this stuff. Cause uh, one other thing I did was clean all the instruments and I had to, you know, pack, you know, surgery packs and stuff like that and, and prepare everything for the veterinarians. And so me and the, in, my intern partner, we were, you know, preparing this huge, you know, procedure and they even had to create a special device. It was like a sling because for an elephant, they, of course, she had to be anesthetized, but they could not have her on her side. She needed to be upright, but she had to be awake. And I can't imagine that poor animal, but she had to be awake and upright, but she's completely numbed, you know, from the midsection down. So she can't feel it because it's pretty much surgery. And they had a staff like at her head who knew what their roles were. They had a staff, you know, watching the sling, making sure that she was, you know, safe and secure. And then they had a staff at her back end that was mostly um, vet staff. And again, it was like, this is not time or place for interns. Like they had a list of names who were going to be present and who everybody's roles were. It was a huge ordeal. Like they weren't sure if she was going to survive. And the whole point was her survival. Like she had to survive this. So they planned, they planned, they planned. Um, I don't think they documented this because it was, um, they didn't know if she was going to survive, but they had their whole day and they just, you know, it was okay. She's alive. Now we have to watch her for 24 hours. You know, it was like round the clock care and they brought back all their, you know, dirty instruments. And we were just cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. And the next day, um, they had to dress her wound and they were like, oh crap, we only planned for day one. So they went through this whole orchestration, this whole like weeks and weeks of planning, probably months that I didn't even know about. And they only planned for the day of surgery. They didn't plan for the aftercare. And so I was like, 
just there. I was, it was my day to work and my intern partner, it was her day off. So I'm like there by myself. And I just remember Lydia, the vet tech, she went, Janine, now do this, this, and this. And I gave me this whole list to do. And it was like frantic panic. Like they were like, you know, they had a time, like they had to go take care of her within a certain amount of time. So there's time crunch and, you know, I helped bring all the supplies into the elephant barn where she was. And when you're doing surgery, you are handed instruments. And so you usually have an assistant, usually a vet tech, or, you know, they had interns, we would open the packaging, everything has to be sterile. So there's like a process, you have to open it a certain way. So the animal keepers, they're not trained how to do that. You know, they're trained for animal care. So the animal keepers are taking care of her, you know, checking her, making sure she's okay. And then you have, you know, some of the vet staff taking her vitals. And then you have the staff doing surgery. And again, because they didn't plan, there was people who were, it was their day off. So they're not there. So they had like minimal, regular day staff as opposed to a special procedure staff. And the, I think it was the head vet. I can't, his, his name is escaping right now, but he was so awesome. And he went, Jenny, get over here right now. <laughs> like, come here. And he was like, I need you to open that and that and that. And so I'm standing right next to an elephant who's has this huge open wound. And, you know, not to mention they had just pulled the day before they had pulled out the baby. So I was going to have to, unfortunately, you know, they would have to incinerate again, the, the dead elephant and so I was having to deal with that and cleaning up mess and then it was like oh my gosh I'm literally standing right next to and I was opening instruments for the veterinarian as he's dressing her wound and doing all this stuff and I was just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) trying not to freak out and like be all professional I'm professional I know what I'm doing but I'm like oh my god and I just remember like at the end of it, you know, we cleaned up, they did what they needed to do and going back and they were like, thank you. And like, because I, I helped and, you know, I was there and I did what they needed to do and I didn't freak out. (laughs) I was only freaking out internally. And I was just like, oh my God, like what just happened? And she lived, she survived, she healed. And I mean, I can't remember how how long into my, my uh, internship it was, but she was still healing, you know, they like, it was successful. So they knew that it was successful, you know, before I even my internship was over. So like, I used that story. I was like, yeah, the first successful episiotomy in North America. I was there. (laughs) I was there. And, you know, just getting to see like, like what it takes to do something like that. They go to all lengths to save these animals. And so It was really cool. And then there was, you know, there was another female pregnant at the time. And she had her baby. Do you remember that when we went a year later, we went on vacation and the baby was on, on show and I cried. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, the baby. Cause you know, there's successful birth and all this stuff after seeing, you know, the, the other female having to go through this and, and I think it was her second calf that they determined that the male has just, his calves were too big. So he wasn't good for breeding basically, but she had like um, one stillborn and then the second one that had to be removed. It was just, it was like, Oh my God. And this is, this is why we do this is because these animals, you know, they are, I don't want to get on my soapbox too much, but 
you know, it like it's our responsibility to make sure that these species survive. The whole program, the whole Animal Kingdom program is just so incredible. And it's like, no, they're not there for for show and for people's amusement. They're like, they're they're living in a naturalistic environment. They're there. They, you know, they're trying to make it like they're in Africa and that they're happy and healthy. And, you know, we just get to observe them because we uh, are trying to save their species. And so, yeah, it was, that was, that was the biggest one, but there was a, a one on my day off. They had a tiger come in that needed something emergency. And I was really mad because it was my day off, but (laughs) (laughs) the elephant one was like, by far because I, I participated, like I helped, you know, I was right there in the weeds. Uh, <coughs> sorry, losing my voice. You're right. <laughs> it's some I, water. I, t- I told her to get, to bring a drink because talking is hard. <laughs> usually, usually it's not so hard for me, as you can tell. I go on and on. <laughs> Disney people. Yes. So, wow, that's a huge range of of things. Um, <laughs> you kind of briefly touched on it earlier, but about, you know, kind of like maybe misinterpretations about what the job might be or what it might entail. So just for anybody out there, maybe who's thinking, man, that job sounds awesome. And I, you know, maybe I want to do that or something like it. What are there any like myths maybe that you've heard specifically or that you think might be out there about the role that you had that you kind of want to debunk? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when I'll, when people, when they hear like, Oh, like veterinarian, they think doggies and kitties and you know, how hard could it be? But the, why it was so valuable for me is, you know, I learned after my internship, I couldn't get a job anywhere. I had this amazing internship, but you have this field of, you know, uh, of jobs. So either um, zoo veterinarian, zoo vet tech, or even animal keeper. And there's so many more people looking for work in that field than there are jobs available. And then when you think about veterinarians, there is, it's a minuscule amount. There's hardly any positions because of course, like, I would never leave that job if I, you know, had it. And so like the tiger keepers, I was, when I was working there, I was like, okay, what do I have to do to become one of them? And I remember that like kind of being pat on the head, like, Oh honey, like they're never going to leave. Like they will work there until they retire because they believe in it so much because they love what they do so much. And because Disney is just like the, you know, pinnacle of that type of a career. And so, I mean, it's like, it's impossible. And my parents were like, why can't you get a job? You know? And it's like, it is such a specialized field, so few positions available and, and so hard to even learn. Like, how do you get training in that stuff? I mean, yeah, you'd have to go to vet school and, you know, pay a lot of money to go to vet school and then compete with, a lot of other people for like one job and like that kind of uncertainty is really shocking. It's kind of frustrating, but you know, people are like, Oh, you play with animals all day. And it's like, no, it's, it's, there's so much more than that. It's such a, 
I don't know how to describe it. It's such an important role. If you, you know, when you believe in that, like, you know, it's your responsibility to care for these animals because our planet needs them to survive, you know, our ecosystems, it's important. And also because some of these animals, there's so few left in the wild. This is the only place that they're at. So it's our responsibility to care for them and, you know, have, they have very structured breeding programs. So there's a lot involved and it's not a glamorous job at all. There's a lot of pressure and, you know, it's very physical and very hard labor. And the one thing that I never really realized was uh, animals don't get holidays. I mean, even like the the vet hospital you take, you know, your dog or cat to, they're, they're closed on holidays and all that stuff. But animals are, they don't understand. They don't take days off from eating. They don't celebrate Christmas. You know, they, you still have to be there to clean and feed for them, feed them because they depend on you. So it's, you know, it's not this like, fun play with animals type job. It's, you know, I learned that it was really hard, really intensive and a lot of work involved. So do you, okay. You, you mentioned earlier that you were, you were forced unwillingly to go out into the park and talk to actual guests. (laughs) Did you have any, you know, memorable (laughs) guest interactions or, you know, anything that sticks out to you? You know, what's funny is there was um, a pretty common question that I would get a lot. I get these parents with their like preteen or like elementary school age kids. And they'd, I'd be standing next to the, the, you know, veterinary window and they'd be like, they'd look at my name tag and they'd see UC Davis and be like, you work in there. And you ask me questions. You'd be like, Hey, what my daughter wants to be a veterinarian. What does she have to do? Or, you know, my son really wants to work with animals. What does he have to do? And I was so jaded because I went to UC Davis because at the time that was the only vet school in California. And my parents were like, you have to stay in California. And I was like, well, I'm going to UC Davis then. And I was like, I'm going to be a veterinarian. And I went to college and I was like, oh my God, this is hard. (laughs) And (laughs) I realized real quickly that high school, like school had always been easy for me. So I didn't really have to try really hard and I get A's. And then you get to college and somewhere like UC Davis where there's 500 female freshmen, all duplicates of me who have the same experience who like, and some of them even more experienced, like they grew up on a farm, you know, and it was like in an auditorium with 300 people and I can't understand the professor and I'm failing calculus. And it was like, what? Like, I don't know what to do. And like, you have to study and you have to do study groups and you have to stay after and go to office hours and like go to the TA for help. And like, I was like, I I don't understand. And then I'd see these, you know, and I say girls because um, the profession has really turned like the majority of, of, of animal science majors were female. So, um, and of course, you know, us women were catty. So we, we judge each other and we compare ourselves all the time. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, these, these chicks, they're like way better at this than I am. And they're like, have so much more experience and they're like, they make it look so easy and I'm struggling. And I was 
uh, discouraged really quickly. And, and it didn't help that my roommate, who actually knew from high school, um, my roommate in the dorms, she had the same you know, city girl wanted to be a, she wanted to be an equine veterinarian, like, holy crap. And we had the same classes and she would study and do her work and, and ace her tests. And she would, she was studious and she joined a sorority and she did like fit every box and did exactly what, what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And for some reason I just couldn't do it. <laughs> and so uh, very early on, like freshman year, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I actually um, left UC Davis and went to a JC and for a year and, you know, I was homesick and I was like, screw this. This is like too hard going to a JC and like doing marine biology and, and uh, doing other subjects really kind of made me realize that I actually do like what I was doing. Like I like animal science and I do want to do that. And I felt like I wasn't challenged at the JC. And so I was like, you know, maybe I should just go back and like suck it up and actually work hard. And so, you know, I'm technically a junior when I go back and I've lost a year because all my peers had already taken classes that I should have taken the year before, you know, so I was already behind. So I was very jaded. Like, I want to do this so bad. Why is it? Why am I so not good at school? And it wasn't until my fourth year at UC Davis, so technically I was a fifth year college student, um, that I started volunteering. Like I volunteered at the animal shelter. I volunteered at the zoo. My, um, some friends uh, and I in a class, we decided to start a club and we did community service. We, you know, we took animals to senior centers and like, it was, um, a better experience. Like I learned, oh, they, they, it's so stupid. Anyway, I just, I got jaded and I was like, through vet school, I can do this by working. I don't have to get a fancy degree that I'm going to pay way too much for and come out only making 60 grand a year. And it's not like going to med school for sure. You get almost as much debt, but like a fraction of the salary right out of the bat, uh, right off the bat. And so I was kind of like, vet school is stupid <laughs> at the time. <laughs> get these kids like oh my god I want to be a veterinarian and I'd be like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that no. <laughs> don't do that kid no I'd literally like have to bite my tongue and be like <laughs> oh really well you have to work real hard you know and it takes a lot of schooling and make sure you study you know and you know I'd had I knew what to say but it oh my gosh it, I got that question pretty regularly and Man, I think sometimes probably the look on my face gave it away, <laughs> but the words coming out are <laughs> the proper words, but I detested the guest interaction. But I have to say this, as much as I did not want to work with people, I found that having to put on the smile, like I literally would be like stomping to the door to go and, you know, to go out into the, um, the guest area and I'd like open the guest area and be like, ah, smile. And after doing that for what they made me do it for like an hour, I think a day. Um, and by the end of it, like I felt good, like having a smile, like even though it was forced <laughs> having to like be positive <laughs> for an hour, it would like just change my mood. And I'd like go back in to, you know, the vet hospital and be like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. And so like, I think that's what got me through it was every day going, it's not so bad, but like, 
it was, yeah, for me, it was kind of torture, but, um, it's funny because I was a performer. I was a dancer for many years and I perform and it's like, so I could act, (laughs) but I just didn't want to actually talk to people, (laughs) but yeah, it was, uh, that and the, the so it's not easy for everyone. No, it's not. I don't like people, so I'll never be allowed to work at Disney. It's not true. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. Because there's so much more to the job than just having to work with people. It's true. Yeah. My job, on the other hand, was working with people. (laughs) 24-7 all the time I was there. Um, You were educating them, though. You know? I was. Yes. That was, that was, you know, that was the goal of it. I think, yeah, if you look at it that way, where it's like, I have a purpose, not just to talk to these little kids who they don't care what I'm saying, but I'm going to try and get them to listen. (laughs) Yeah. You will listen to me, kid. (laughs) I know things. (laughs) Okay. So kind of switching away a little bit to more of just experience being in Florida Uh did you have any like special experiences that you could really have only had because you were a cast member not necessarily related to your role but just I see what you're saying yeah oh my gosh I love to tell people that and I wouldn't have actually thought to do this without you and Rose like telling me to do this but you know how like there were days where we would have dinner and then I remember Rose would be like, Hey, you want to go ride Tower of Terror? And we would literally just like go and you, you know, get to park and cast parking and we would go in the cast entrance. Although I don't think we were supposed to do that. Were we? <laughs> pretty days sure off, we weren't supposed to. And I'm pretty sure a hundred percent of college program <laughs> students did. <laughs> But, you know, it's like we go, we just would like nonchalantly walk in and we'd ride like a ride or two and we'd go home. Or, yeah, no, I, I could see the fireworks. I was going to say we'd go and watch the fireworks, but I could see the fireworks from my window and my bed was right next to the window. And so my my roommate, she she was on the other side of the room and I would just lay on my bed at night and have the lights off and like open the blinds and just watch the fireworks show. And I can't remember if they were magic kingdom or if they were. Uh, I think for us, it would have been either from phantasmic or from Epcot illumination. Okay. Yeah. I just remember like it was fantastic. And that and watching the lightning shows like, you know, California, especially, um, you know, growing up in Southern California, but, even Northern California hardly gets any lightning. And so being in like the lightning capital world, that just, you know, I'm a science nerd. So meteorology is also like, I moonlight as a meteorologist. And so I like would just sit there and watch lightning that and then the fireworks. So it was like, man, where else can you do that? And just be carefree pretty much. Like I have, I'm, I have housing, you know, like, they gave, they said, you know, this is where you're going to live and, you know, you're living there and like just being that age where it's like, you don't have a lot of cares, you know, like my biggest, you know, concern was what time I was going to go to sleep or, you know, why isn't my on off boyfriend calling me, you know? And so it was, 
there was like those little things that I didn't know really like would be a part of the experience, especially the going to ride like one ride and coming back home. Oh man, that was so much fun. That was the best. (laughs) (laughs) What were your favorite things to do on your time off? Like what'd you do for fun? Oh my gosh. I, I, I feel like we spent every minute in the parks. We did. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think. I'm like, did we ever do anything else? But but that was the best, man. Like, people ask, like, oh, because, like, nowadays, I'm, like, when I go to Disney, and usually, you know, I'm in California still, so usually it's Disneyland that we're going to. I'm, like, I need to ride every ride. Like, I have to do it. And so I, I actually plan. I use, like... Uh, schedule and I know a lot of people that are like that's no fun but I'm like I want to do everything there is because I feel like I've had so many experiences to do everything and like I know what it's like to go during non-peak hours and just walk onto a ride you know like and so for me it's like why can't I do that all the time like I have this need to just go on all the rides and like yeah I feel like that and I didn't save like any money. Like I bought all the souvenirs that I wanted. I flew home and it wasn't my first job, but it was probably the most I had ever made. How sad is that? And I was like, I have no need, no care. I was, cause I was like, this is going to lead to something bigger. So I don't care to save, but you know, looking back, that's not a great example, but living in the moment, like that was fun. You know, like, you, you tomorrow's not promised. So I, I'm all for just living in the moment. You can't take your money with you. So go enjoy that, that restaurant. Go, go get that souvenir, get that shirt. Every single Tinker, Tinkerbell shirt I saw, I bought <laughs> so much stuff. But, <laughs> like I people go, oh, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> My whole wardrobe, people would be like, oh, where'd you get that? Walt Disney World. Oh, like, I can't go to the store and get that. Nope. <laughs> this is special but yeah i mean i think just being able to go in the parks because like i'm so obsessed with the parks and growing up you know i have friends who've like never even been to either park they're like oh disneyland or like you worked at well disney World? like you you can like do that kind of a job and it's like what what how have you been under a rock but it's like that's not important to everybody but just my childhood, like Disney is like what's fun to me. Going to Disney. Like my husband, honestly, he would be fine never going to Disneyland or Disney World ever again. <laughs> Even though he has a great time every time we go, it's just not necessary for him, you know? And so for me, it's like, I need it. I need it. And so that was like the best was I can just go to the park for like an hour and come home. Like that was really cool. And then all the... I'm sorry, all the hidden Mickeys, you guys showed me so much crap. And then I would use it as trivia, like with everybody I knew. (laughs) All the hidden Mickeys were. I remember taking my parents around. Look, there's a Mickey right there. (laughs) And knowing all the tricks and stuff. Yeah, but that was because, you know, I lived with people who, who had experienced it before and knew what to do. But man, there's too many things to list. I remember we used to just like, because Animal Kingdom closed early back then. It was not a nighttime park. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'd all be home and kind of like showered and like ready to go at, you know, mm-hmm. what, like 7.30 yeah. or something. And Epcot was 10 minutes away. Yeah. 
So we would just go to Epcot for like two hours during food and wine festival and like oh. eat dinner. And then just go home. It was the yeah. best. Was we would just so go get our beer cheese soup. <laughs> Those are the days. <laughs> Overall, thinking back to before before you left and then you know, <laughs> now, do you think that it was like, was it what you expected? It was nothing like what I expected. It was... I don't know. Like I had, I really didn't have, I guess, any expectations because I had never been to Walt Disney World, but it was, it was almost surreal. I don't think, you know, being there, I don't think I realized what I was doing and like all the experiences I was having and the memories I was making, you know, it was just, you're in the moment like, oh, I got to do this today or, you know, oh, you're going to be a lifelong friend. Like you're just living it, you know? And so it's like... (laughs) I, it's sad that we didn't have, well, there were moments that I'm glad we didn't have recorded, but that we didn't have, you know, the ease to take pictures like at, at, at the drop of a hat, like you had to develop pictures and stuff like that, because I wish I had more photographic memories. You know, like I said, it's all in my head and it's, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm like, I don't want to forget, you know, and it's like, I, I don't have a lot from the program, just, you know, I made a scrapbook and I, I kept like almost every sticker and, and uh, ticket stub that I did, you know, concerts we went to and stuff like that and going to SeaWorld and, and Universal Studios and, you know, all that stuff. And um, so I had that, but it's like, I don't remember. Honestly, I remember going to SeaWorld with you guys, but I don't remember, like, did I see a sh- an animal show I, I i don't remember you know those things kind of fade so that's one thing that is is sad is that you know you start to forget stuff just as time goes on but from what i do remember it was it was way more than i could ever imagine you know i could never imagine standing next to an elephant standing next to you know the backside of an elephant opening up in you know uh, surgical tools for a veterinarian, like, whew, you know, way beyond, or like driving an hour to, I think it was Christmas, Florida, and and taking like baby bunnies and baby squirrels to a specialized wildlife rehabber, like in a in a company vehicle, you know, <laughs> like I would never have guessed, but that's what they would have me doing, <laughs> or that <laughs> the living. Oh my gosh. The second apartment we lived at, oh man, like we, we were spoiled. Like, holy crap, that place was freaking amazing. There was like nobody there but us. And I just remember going to the pool like every day. I just go, not every day, but every day on my day off, you know, I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to go work out and lay by the pool. Like, <laughs> like, and I, oh yeah. And by the way, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> like, I didn't have to pay rent. Wait, we didn't have to pay rent, right? <laughs> not, I'm not imagining they took that. It out of our paycheck. Yeah, they, they took it out of our paycheck. So, you know, nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing compared to what like I was paying in Davis. Like, no, rent was crazy. So it was like, you know, and at the time, like, like I'm making money, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, and money to spend, and just like, you know, they they. 
I feel like they took care of the advanced interns. You know, I don't have the experience of, of other college programs, but, you know, from what I've heard and what I've read, that there is like a different experience and they, they oh, yeah. possibly treat yeah. it differently. You know, it's like, you're, I mean, there were times on my college program where I was, okay, I'm not saying this to bash the college program <laughs> at all. Okay. Yeah. But so thinking back to the time, so my college program was early 2001. At the time yeah. that I took that job, I was making $10 an hour as a vet assistant in Michigan. Yeah. I took a $4 an hour pay cut to go work at Disney selling princess dresses. <laughs> so I went from making $10 an hour to making $6 an hour. Yeah. And there were times where it was like two days until payday and I had literally $5. And oh, yeah. so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. And my gas tank is all empty. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put a dollar fifty worth of gas in my car so I can go to work. <laughs> Hey, back then you could get more than a gallon for a dollar fifty, though. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm gonna buy, you know, a dozen eggs so that I have some protein and like a loaf of bread. <laughs> so yes. it was, you know, and then you know, so when I did the professional internship, they're telling me I think I was making eight twenty seven. They were gonna pay me eight twenty seven an hour, and they paid a relocation fee. Yeah. So they paid me like um was it like three hundred dollars? I, I wanna say it was like five hundred. I, I don't I ha- I have to go look in my documents, they're somewhere to you know, to like move myself back from yeah. Michigan back to Florida. Yeah. And I just it it was a completely different experience. I didn't um, feel like I was, you know, I mean, look, I'm so grateful for that first one because let me tell you how creative I can be with some with some dollars. <laughs> I was using my resources like a mofo, but um, yeah, that second one was so different. They they really I did I did feel more taken care of and more. Yeah. Even like the brief time we lived at Commons, because they they mixed us with. The other co- wait, we were with international. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why that happened, but there was like we were there for like five weeks, and we were there was three of us, and we were mixed with international students, and then they were like, "Oh, hey, sorry, you guys have to move again." <laughs> yeah, but that, like I remember on that short time, like that apartment, it was like, "Oh, this doesn't work, and this is crap, and this and." And then they were like, oh, come here, come here, advanced intern. Oh, come here, professional interns. We're going to give you this beautiful new place to live with nobody. Like, it's quiet. And it's like, it was like so much newer and nicer and cleaner. And I was just, I just remember feeling like, wow, that sucks for them. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, really? Like, I, I just was like floored. I was like, so they're like, they don't care like what that apartment complex is going through. But they're just like, here you go. And yeah, I was like very grateful, but I just remember noticing that and being like, wow, that was, that was quite, quite different. Like <laughs> the way they would like, just even like my roommate that I shared room with for that short time, like she would come home and just the things that she would say she had, she had to do. And I was like, oh really? Cause I, you know, got to feed some birds today. 
<laughs> but I was grateful. It was an amazing experience. What surprised you the most about being a cast member? I think just like there's like this community like within the cast members because to me I was like oh I'm just going to do a job but the group the group of us that were all in the same program all at Animal Kingdom do you remember so there was like other interns but they all, all of us worked together I can't remember how but we like got to know each other I don't know we had orientation together I can't remember and we would like at the beginning anyway we would go to the park and there was like 30 of us and we would like stick together and I just remember you know I didn't know what I was doing and people would be like we need to go on this ride and here's the camera you need to look there and let's pose for a picture and like go say hi to that little girl dress and and call her um you know princess bell and like I was like what 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 and it was just like that was like this part of being at you like become part of this community and it's like even though everybody had different jobs, you know, it was still, we were just friends. <laughs> like, I just remember having so much fun because you're all pretty much around the same age, you know, college programs. So you're all college aged. And, you know, yeah, there was a few people who couldn't drink, but it was like a lot of the same life experience, you know, level. And it was uh, very eye opening, the whole, like the community and just like, there's a way you talk and there's a way to like talk about Disney just different than anything I had ever experienced. And it was, you know, not just the point, but especially like even when we were there, like on our days off and not working, you know, like we would go and like try to make something magical for people because it was fun because, because that was part of working at Disney was you wanted to make people happy. You know, you wanted to make somebody's, experience special and that was that was pretty funny like the just the oh we're we're a group now the DAC group let's go to the the park today and I'd just be like you know tagging along like okay tell me what to do (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned you know you saved a bunch of stuff from your college program what what are some your like you know most treasured possessions I know. Which Tinkerbell shirt is your favorite that you still have? <laughs> so it's, I'm quite removed from that program from 2003. So I actually, a couple years ago, went through my closet and I cried, but I gave away a lot of, I was like, I haven't been able to fit into this stuff for years and years and years. And they'd been sitting in like storage tubs. And I was like, what am I doing? And it's just clothing, Janine. Like, that's a different part of your life. And so I talked myself into like giving away pretty much everything. Yeah, but I do have a hat. It's so pretty. And I actually, I always want to wear it, but I don't wear it because I'm afraid of it getting like ruined. (laughs) But it's like this Tinkerbell hat, of course. But, you know, a lot of my, like the things, the possessions that I had, I just, I I don't even have them. It's like they've been kind of forgotten, which is sad. But I think it's more important that what I've kept is the friendships and, you know, like the memories, like the experiences I had, those are priceless. And so I can carry those on. I can keep those going in my little scrapbook. You know, I have, you know, some tickets and I have my, my badge, my name badge. I, you know, 
I don't ever want to get rid of that. That's really special. But I think more the intangible things were are more precious to me now. Like at the time, it was like I have everything Tinkerbell I could think of. But now I think just getting older, it's more about, yeah, those intangible things that are more precious to me. Yeah. We're turning into saps. Hey, sorry. <laughs> Kids, someday you're going to understand this. No. <laughs> so what did it mean to you to work at Walt Disney World? I feel special. <laughs> I feel like even though lots and lots of people have done the college program, you know, it's like I still feel like most people, like anybody you might encounter walking the street would have no idea what you're talking about. But it's this like special club, you know, that I'm part of. I actually have something kind of cute to say. So right now I work for the Department of Water Resources and I'm an environmental scientist. And so it's kind of like, for, for a while, I kind of got away from my background, what really what my education was in and the career that I wanted. And I've come back to it and I have this incredible job. And uh, I work with all scientists and these people are so smart. And like, I, I'm so intimidated all the time. I've only been there, it's almost a year. And so I'm like, I feel like I'm way too old to be working with these people. Like I've, I've been out of science for like five years. And so I kind of feel like, oh, man, these guys are younger than me. And I'm, you know, and, and so I have to tell cool stories to kind of fit in. And I was telling, I was um, out in the field with a coworker and we were um, being biological. Oh gosh, what's the word for it? But anyway, we were, we were observing work being done in a, at a pumping plant Anytime there's any work done in the Delta at any of these, you know, with the state-owned facilities, we monitor them. That's what it is, biological monitor. And so I'm like standing there for hours just watching people work. And I'm like, how did I get lucky, like, to have this amazing job? And I'm standing here watching other people work, yet I'm in charge. Like, <laughs> I was like floored and I was learning. And I was kind of like, I feel like I'm back in, you know. I worked at Walt Disney World and, you know, I was in an intern and I, you know, I got to do this really cool stuff. And I was like, I feel like it's come full circle. Like I'm doing really cool stuff. And it's like, how did I get to do this? And he was like, my coworker was like, you did a college program? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he was like, my wife did. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like close to my age. And so I can't remember what year she did her program, but she did. She didn't do one of the professional ones, but, um, he, and then he told me like the next day, he said after he got home from being out in the field, he goes into his house and his wife is wearing her college program shirt. And he was like, what a chance. <laughs> and I, That's so awesome. Like only Disney can do that. Make that stuff happen. <laughs> but yeah, there's a rumor out there that working at Disney ruins the magic. Now, you hadn't been to Walt Disney World. That was your, you know, while you had been to a Disney park, you hadn't been to Walt Disney World. Do you, true. How, you know, how do you feel about that being your first experience? Do you feel like it ruined anything for you or did you love it as much as you, you know, thought you might or? Um, I could see, like, I could see how people would say that, you know, I have to say, I never did any of the, um, the cast rides, like, uh, you know how they would let you do, um, Space Mountain in with the lights turned on. Mm -hmm. I 
I didn't want to do that because I didn't want it to ruin the experience. Like for me, like I've thought, well, the next time then I ride Space Mountain, I'm I'm just going to know what's there and I want to feel like I'm in space. And so I didn't do any of that. But because I feel like because I only worked at, at Animal Kingdom, I didn't really ex- like the magic really wasn't ruined at like uh, Magic Kingdom or like any of the other parks. If it still kind of feels like it's there for me, like it, I even though like you guys pointed out stuff and like, I know what's going on and I know where things are and why things are done a certain way. It's, it almost makes it more magical because I'm like, Holy crap. How did they do that? They made that, like they put something to scale and it makes it look like it's further away. Like just all the little details that go into it because I know that they're there. It's like, it's, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So it, it almost makes it more magical for me, but like an animal kingdom, you know, the, the animal care stuff, like I already, I don't know. It's, it's different. That's not, to me, it's not the same kind of magic that there is in the other parks. If that makes sense. Because, no, it is. Yeah. It is a different yeah. uh, experience. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I can't really answer that question. Sorry. Like as honestly, because I, I, it, it didn't really get ruined for me. <laughs> No, I feel, and I, I think most people say that. So I don't, you know, maybe there's like one guy out there who's like, it ruined it for me and I'm never going back again. But yeah, like, probably. basically <laughs> everyone I talk to is like, it made me more obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like going to take my pocketbook for the rest of time now because I worked there for five months. <laughs> All of time. <laughs> okay. So coming close to the end here. Okay. What ad- would you give to a future professional internship student like someone who wants to do a professional internship just not even necessarily specifically in your role but just in general like what advice well I think uh Disney is the ultimate networking so if you have the opportunity to do one of these professional internships to really really know that this is like your foot in the door and to take every opportunity, you know, and really like do a good job. Nothing is, is says more for networking than doing a really good job and proving why, and even if you don't want to work there permanently, you know, proving why somebody else should hire you. Like they're going to call back for references. It's can't be overstated, you know, that every interaction is a mini interview meeting you get to meet so many different people um cast not just cast members but you know your mentors and they they have connections you know that one of my biggest regrets in life i try not to have regrets was i was asked to stay and i I don't remember if you remember this and unfortunately i had boy problems and you know i mean everything happens for a reason so i try not to let it like get so hung up but it's like man, I can let so many things go in my life. But that's the one thing where I was like, I was stupid. And I was like, where am I going to live? Uh, how long am I going to have a job for? And uh, I don't think I like Florida weather. And I made, I made all these stupid excuses in my head and I turned them down. They don't offer interns to stay on and train the next set of interns. That just doesn't happen. And I said, no, like, oh, I want to kick my 23 year old self and be like, what were you thinking? And shake me. <laughs> like, but if you have an opportunity, don't say no. 
<laughs> like, yes, there are circumstances that, you know, can prevent you from doing things. But like, even on a daily basis, like, what do you want me to do? It might seem like, Ugh, I don't want to do that. But being open and just being a team player too, like, uh, it sounds so cliche, but like every interaction is an interview and you never know where that's going to lead you. You know, so even if it's not a job that you want to keep doing, Disney has weight. Somebody says, oh, I was a manager at this. Like, they know that Disney knows how to hire. They're a big, huge company, and they know what they're looking for. And if they have something good to say about you, then it's it's can only help you. Totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One more question. This is the fun one. So you went to the OG park growing up. Yes. So you have like a closer connection to the man himself, if you will. <laughs> so if you were granted a single day to spend with Walt Disney. Yeah. How do you spend the day? Oh, my God. Where, where would you go? What would you do? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what's crazy? You know what? I would really like if I got to to like spend time with Walt Disney, I would want to see the animation stuff. I would want to go to Disney Imagineering and I would want to like see all like all that stuff. That would be crazy. Like, I don't know, like for some reason, like that for most people is where it starts is watching movies. Then like, I feel that that's where he started. So I, I don't know. I'm not answering your question, am I? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I will ask all about the animation stuff because my my grandfather on my mom's side, he was an artist, and he I'm sure I tell everybody this too, but he applied. He wanted to be an animator at Disney, and he was he didn't get the job, and he like he kept applying. He applied so many times, and um, when he passed, we were going through you know his belongings and he had the letter he saved the letter from disney and so it's like oh i'm like just could you imagine like being my mom used to say you could have been tinkerbell like, <laughs> like i can have everything you know, like i don't already have everything tinkerbell but uh it's just like mind-boggling like that whole there's like this juggernaut of animation and I, yeah, I'll go with that because I don't think I can decide what to do in the park. <laughs> I wonder, would he even like to ride the rides now? You know, they're so different now. I mean, you if you, you know, look back on what his ideas were for certain things, it's like he was so just innovative. Like he, he wanted all the new technology and all the... You know, I think yeah. some people are like, oh, Walt would hate these phones. And I'm thinking, Walt would love these phones. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Camera and the internet and like everything in your pocket. Like, yeah, he, he was thinking of some crazy thing for us to use these phones for something for his park. Right. Right. But, yeah. I haven't gotten to go yet to the new Avengers campus. So maybe that would be a good place to start because then it would be new for both of us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> getting to experience it for the first time and then you know we could I, I maybe i'd be on like the same playing level as him because it would be new for both of us i don't know <laughs> that's not fair <laughs> I, I have to close out with like the most difficult thing on, on planet 
I think it would be fun though. I mean, you know, they have a screening room there. Wouldn't it be awesome to sit down with him and just like watch Cinderella? My gosh. Pixar stuff. He'd lose his mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah how about that? How about yeah, what, what movie would you want to watch with him? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. The first thing I thought of, like, honestly was I would like to watch Peter Pan with him and know how he feels about Tinkerbell because she really is the sassiest good character, you know, in <laughs> any Disney movie. I think she tries to kill Wendy and I don't think people realize yeah, that. Like <laughs> he is a murderer and I want to know because I think it's hilarious. So I want to know how he feels <laughs> like, because anytime I ever watch that movie, I'm like, yeah, like cheering on Tinkerbell and like people are like, Oh no. You know, <laughs> like which side would he be on? Maybe I don't want to know that though. <laughs> said, but I feel like he'd go with Tinkerbell because she's an icon. It's funny how she, yeah, she is so sassy and she's like homicidal, but she opens every Disney movie. <laughs> that's a strange thing to think about and now that we have traumatized everyone with that thought (laughs) and we'll leave it on that note (laughs) thank you thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories and i'm i'm literally so excited that you brought up the giraffe (laughs) both excited and terrified at what people are going to think of me I will put a disclaimer in the show notes that there is some minor graphic content just in case, but <laughs> what is this podcast about? <laughs> we get into the real the the real things here, people. What is really about being a cast member? <laughs> oh man. But well, thank, thank you, Don. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to just share these memories, really. We'll play them back to you if you start to read it. <laughs> I know. When I'm old and getting senile. That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks so much for riding the red line with us as Janine shared her stories from the cast member side of the magic. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Main and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You're welcome to pop in to share an idea, story, or photo and connect with other Disney fans. You can also ask questions, get and give advice, post updates from the parks, and just have fun. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Main and Magic to join. If you've got a comment or a question, you can also email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram at mainandmagic. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening and of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye, so we say see you real soon. Bye.